G'day beer lovers and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share their insights, to get some ideas, some strategies from other people in the caper, and to provide a virtual gathering place, a bit of an online beer o'clock, if you like, so that those forced into isolation away from friends, family, and beer colleagues during this time can connect, they can stay informed, but more importantly, they can feel part of this extended beer family. Today, we will be chatting with Guy Greenstone from Stomping Ground and the local tap house to get a bit of a perspective on uh, how they're adjusting to the current environment from a, both a brewery and a venue perspective. And then with, uh, but first, with Simon Strawn, uh, the head of Drinkwise Australia, for some tips on drinking responsibly during isolation. Someone who's doing that is someone I'm joined with, my Brews News Week co host and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. G'day, Pete. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Now, I meant to say, too, uh, offline before we went live, to just double-check, because uh, Simon's uh, surname, the spelling, could be could be Strawn or it could be Strawn. I think, it could I be believe Strawn. it's Strawn. It's, it's, it's Simon Strawn, yeah. So, uh, yeah, which was just something, there was, um, having a few conversations last week um, about, there's been a lot of focus, justifiably, and as we would hope, on um, how businesses are pivoting to sell the product that they make um, and that's awesome and that's what we want because we want these businesses to 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 be around but you know it, it always worries me and I'm well known for this uh, Pete being very <laughs> mindful of the messaging that we put around the consumption of the product that we love and you know when people are stressed um, and people are under like incredible stress at the moment a lot of people are we're locked in our homes and you know for some people, um, you know, drinking can be the, the wrong, um, you know, cannot have the positive effect that we all hope that it, that it does have. And so I had a few conversations with people um, and it, it really struck me, uh, a friend who pointed out the figures that said that you know, on state of origin nights or the, you know, the, the big games when a lot of people are at home drinking, um, some of the negative impacts of uh, alcohol can, can come to the fore and you know, there are increased number of hospital admissions and also um, complaints for domestic violence. So I, over the weekend I did a story that I'll post in the show notes just being mindful of that and uh, um, Drinkwise has done some videos around that messaging. So I thought you know, we've, we've never really focused on Drinkwise, wanted to get them on, um, talk a little bit about it, but also find out how as an industry we should be messaging um, the product that we do to best serve the people that are buying our product. Um, so yeah, anyway, so it was a, it was a very important message um, that I wanted to get on. Probably not the the, the, the happiest, um, you know, not not it, it's it's not the the one that's going to lighten everyone's heart. But I think it's a very very important message um, to get out. Um, and so that was that. Yeah, no, I think particularly, Matt, given that we're a week into it now, this this whole, uh, you know, I guess a voluntary lockdown, um, the whole physical isolation, we've had a bit of time to get used to it. We've accepted our lot, if you like. We've um, hopefully for the majority uh, choosing wisely our decisions to, to go out, you know, keeping them to a minimum and, and all that sort of thing. And I guess, you know, th- there's two groups in this matter I see, and that's, you know, people who... I don't have a job now. And then there's um, the people who I'm working from home now. And like you say, that messaging, uh, I think after the, the first week, a lot of the breweries now have got their online stores sorted out. They've got their offers worked out. They've got their delivery or their click and collect or their drive through and all that sort of stuff. So it does seem that um, over the weekend and today, there's been more um, popping up in my feed, particularly, I think, uh, about... And some of it too is, I guess there's... Um, 
the in the comments there's that um you know the flippant throwaway line sort of stuff about oh you know day drinking oh i can drink at work and all that sort of thing and so i think it's a, a good opportunity to have a chat with somebody about tips and strategies for about how the industry yeah you know, like you know there, there's it, it's funny we don't want to be the fun police we don't want to take the fun out of it but it, as an industry we have a responsibility to sort of balance that message out and you know so hearing from simon how we can do that so pete the, actually the other thing i just wanted to touch on before we get to simon is um, a couple of interesting emails over the weekend that kind of really highlight um, the, the the times we're at, and I know that a lot of our audience um, live and download are industry people. Um, a nice little tip, and I won't. I'll, I'll make it a bit confidential because I don't have permission to, to release it. But it was a, 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 like a good tip, um, and you know, cash flow is obviously king at the moment. <laughs> And businesses are, you know, sort of really looking to sort of see. And as we had the great chat last week um, with uh, Kevin, and he sort of said, have a look at your suppliers, have a look at your creditors, work out, you know, some of those you can, some of those um, suppliers, you can push out your invoice, some of your um, creditors, you probably need to give them a little bit more because it's a supply chain, we're all interlinked. Um, and I had two emails over the weekend. One was just from a... A, a retailer that just sort of wondered, you know, whether I'd heard much about breweries aggressively chasing down um, outstanding payments, um, you know, particularly now that they need cash and, you know, with threats of legal action and things like that, which you can understand. But then when you're chasing a small business that is also going through exactly the same struggles, um, you know, that magnifies the stress down down the line and I can't offer any advice for businesses how they need to handle their own decision but be mindful of it and then the other one um, the, the other element of that was um, this uh, brewery said look you know we have very long um, payment terms with some of the big retailers um, and that can hurt us but on Friday reached out to um, one of ours who owed, owed us at, like it was a significant um, amount of money like a, a, a business um, maintaining amount of money um, and they reached out and within the day um, they had got their remittance advice and the money paid to them um, that would normally be tied up uh, for an extended period of time um, and I sort of thought you know that that's that's a really proactive it was following the advice that um, Kevin gave you know speak to everyone um and see what's possible get, get what the conversation get. started yeah um yeah and you know like you, you can sort of say whether well, 60-day terms at the best of times are reasonable but you know it, it it is good to see some of the big suppliers coming to the party um and you know releasing that money and sort of uh, being what you would call a good corporate citizens so that that was just yeah two ends of the same coin um but you know all part of get out and speak to your landlord speak to your you know everyone in your business chain and see what you can arrange together. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, yeah, look, we, we've, I think we've already teased um, the, uh, I, I think we've already teased our first guest, um, so to speak. Um, we haven't teased him. We have. If you want to go and dial the digits there, Matt. Uh, absolutely, Pete. But yeah, no, I think it's a really important message. And uh, so I'd like to welcome Simon Strawn to The Antidote. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Simon, thank you for joining us, particularly at short notice. Um, maybe we can start by, we've not spoken to you or anyone from Drinkwise on the, the, the podcast before. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Drinkwise and the background to the organisation. Sure. Back in 2005, the alcohol industry decided, or several key players within the alcohol industry decided that some 
portions of the community were abusing the product and as such wanted to decide to do something about it from an education front and really prevent alcohol misuse. So Drinkwise um, was formed based with seed funding from a number of industry players and the federal government. Um, and as a result, since that time, we've produced a number of education campaigns targeting parents, young adults, um, Indigenous um, pregnancy. Um, and you might remember the ad where the dad's asking his son to get the beer out of the fridge, which is one of the early Drinkwise campaigns. That was actually the first time that Drinkwise came to my attention. I thought it was a great ad, just sort of holding up that, that mirror to our everyday behaviour. Indeed. And when you look back in terms of the success of those types of campaigns, back then when that, um, that started, the abstinence rate for teenagers was only at 56%. Now it's up to 82%. Um, so you can see the substantial change in um, teenagers avoiding alcohol, um, which is a really positive thing for um, not only the Australian culture, uh, but it starts to transcend into young adult drinking behaviours as well once they reach the age of 18, and you're seeing better drinking behaviours amongst the entire community as a result. The, the, the other one that really sticks in my mind was the How to Drink Properly campaign, which was which I gather was targeted at more sort of 18 to 25, you know, legal age drinkers, but the, the, the younger drinkers. That's exactly right. Um, we knew that... Uh, binge drinking was a key problem um, for that particular age demographic. We wanted to get out there in a really innovative way and target that audience. So through use of a whole lot of different social media platforms, we actually developed a campaign that was really cutting, it was witty, um, but it got the message across in the language that that particular age group uses on social media. So um, without apologising, um, there was swearing in that. Um, there was some sort of quite graphic um, cartoon-related imagery, but the message got across. And for those that have seen the campaign, 40% are drinking less than a night out. So we're starting to see they, those much better behaviours. And when we say less drinking on a night out, we're really saying that they're actually limiting that binge behaviour. And in particular, just over the last two years, we've seen um, the binge drinking amongst that particular age group, 18 to 24-year-olds, dropped from 31 to 21%, which is, a, again, a, a positive um, transition um, as they start to drink much more in moderation. It, it, it's, it's almost counterintuitive for the um, alcohol industry to want to see limits on the product that it sells. Why does Drinkwise consider that, that it's an important message? Drinkwise is um, supported by a large number of industry players, but in particular 15 companies. Um, and those companies have come together because they actually see the business sustainability of ensuring that the Australian population is drinking in moderation, much more likely to have customers that want to come back and consume those products if they're drinking in moderation as opposed to those that are drinking to excess and having really negative experiences um, as a result. And the only way, to be honest, to consume those types of product, any alcohol product, is in moderation. And if, we, if everyone does that, we'll have a much safer and healthier drinking culture in Australia, but also allow um, innovative producers to come out with new products that are, are really based on quality, not quantity consumed. Simon, is there, um, does Drinkwise have some, I guess, tips and strategies for those people out there, uh, some of us who, who 
tend to work from home, I guess it's an easier transition. But for those for those for whom it, it's kind of like every day is a weekend, um, are there strategies and tips that you can you can give us to sort of I guess help people to realise that yeah, it's not a every day is not a weekend, and we still do need to um, in this particular environment be a bit conscious of our uh, our, our drinking levels. Certainly, there's a couple of key things to look out for. The first of which is that this is a, a period of time where there is a great amount of uncertainty. People are nervous, um, certainly stressed out, and some people might look to alcohol to try to cope with those situations. That's definitely not the answer. Um, that's only going to make matters worse. So we would advise that people stick to their routines. Um, ensure that if you decide to have a... Um, a beer at the end of the day or a couple of beers or a glass of wine um, is to make sure that uh, you're not starting earlier in the day. You'd have that when you usually would and drink in moderation. Um, in particular, there's a lot of families that have kids at home now all the time. Um, that creates an environment where the kids are looking at uh, mum and dad in terms of their drinking behaviours um, and taking um, and really looking at those behaviours and deciding how then they would look at alcohol consumption. And we know in particular for kids that um, the way that the parents drink heavily influences the way that they will drink later on in life. Um, so we'd ask parents to continue to act as really good role models. Um, and the other thing is to just um, make sure you get out and continue to exercise. Um, healthy mind, healthy body. Um, we want to make sure that everyone looks after their physical and mental health. Uh, and the other thing in particular um, on the mental health is to make sure that you call family and friends connect with them, make sure they're doing all right. If some of them are, or you yourself are having problems with consumption, the DrinkWise website has a lot of information in terms of how to moderate. But if you need immediate help, we've also got information on there about alcohol and other um, support services that you can access straight away. And we've actually linked to that. We've got a um, COVID-19 resource page on Brews News, so we've linked to that. Um, that, that's great advice um, generally for the community. Is there any, at the moment, as um, brewers are you know, fighting for survival and they're focusing on sales and pivoting their businesses and getting their product out there, do you have any advice for how businesses can you know, communicate that message themselves um, whilst not you know, taking away from, from their survival? Sure. I mean, it's uh, again for, for producers as well, it's a really stressful environment. Um, there's potentially layoffs. Um, it's very difficult to maintain um, any types of sales volumes in this environment. But the one thing we would say as you go down that path of advertising products or getting those into new channels, um, potentially e commerce channels as well, make sure that you're delivering a moderation message understanding that the consumers are doing it hard. There's a lot of uncertainty. You want your product to be consumed in the best possible fashion, and that's in a safe and healthy drinking manner. Um, so make sure that when it's out there, you're actually advertising moderation. It's for your product to be consumed responsibly. And as a result of that, the consumers build up a much greater and a more appreciative perception of your brand. Um, and that lives well and truly beyond what we'll experience for the next six to eight months um, and can really set up a brand for long-term growth in the future. So we'd really advocate for that. Um, a lot of the big brands in Australia are already doing that. So we've had a lot of the DrinkWise message has been actually reposted 
by a lot of the big producers like uh, CUB Line and others. You mentioned at the start that Drinkwise was set up, um, with, you know, with, with seed funding from the government and also the industry which uh, supports it. There, there are a number of assets, and you know, there's a Drinkwise um, logo that sits on a lot of uh, packaging. Are small brewers able to do that, even if they're not a contributor to to use that? logo even if they're not a contributor to Drinkwise? Definitely. We'd really advocate for every producer, large or small, around the country to use the Get the Facts uh, drinkwise.org.au logo on their products. What that allows you to do is provide your products to consumers in the knowledge that they can actually access a lot of information, advice and tips in terms of how to drink in moderation. On the Drinkwise website, there's a body health tool, a drinks calculator that's got a, got a calorie counter as part of it, um, and a whole lot of information that, um, that is going to bode well for a much safer and healthier drinking culture. So we'd really, and, and to, to that point, and, um, and really support, um, uh, we really appreciate your support in this instance of pushing that out to producers as well. So we can provide a link um, to that Drinkwise label page and really advocate for everyone to download the label and use it on products. You, you talked a little bit about the sustainability of businesses in promoting the, the positive elements, but I guess as the industry, it benefits the industry if the industry is seen as a responsible participant in the market as well. It's all about being proactive in this space. Um, we do know um, that there's no, no one benefits from a, an unhealthy drinking culture. Um, you look at where Australia was 20 years ago um, and where we are now. Everyone understands the value of moderation. Um, more and more people are drinking in moderation than ever before. Um, it really is about making sure that the industry itself is leading by example, um, being role models um, for other industries um, in this space and, and really, to be honest, doing as much as they possibly can. And when you think about things as simple as incorporating that um, that logo onto a label. Um, it doesn't take up too much size. It allows consumers to access more information. It's a very simple thing that everyone can do. And there's many more of those as well. Um, certainly that's uh, putting that logo as well onto the website, onto producers' websites with the link to the Drinkwise page is another small thing that um, is very easy to do. Oh, we can certainly uh, link to that. And I'll also link to the uh, videos that you had with uh, your ambassador, um, Dr. Andrew uh, Rochford, um, sort of highlighting some of these things that if any of our listeners want to, uh, want to, want to share those or um, be proactive in uh, getting that message out there as well. It's, it's fantastic the support that we've seen from the industry. Um, and we do want to continue to see that type of support. It's really going to make the difference as to how industry not only overcomes the um, situation we're currently in, but also around making sure that uh, the future sustainability for the next 20 years um, is really based on a consumer perception that moderation is really the only way to consume alcohol. Great. Well, Simon, thank you very much for, for, for joining us. Thank you for making time, and we'll uh, make sure we share some of those links and sort of uh, help to, uh, to get the Drinkwise message out there. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your support. Pleasure. Thanks, Simon. Hey Matt, uh, now one strategy that I've been, because, you know, uh, as I say, and Simon made a really good point there, and I'm sure everyone in the chat room and, and everyone listening is, who has children is very well aware. Children won't necessarily do what you tell them. You can tell them a hundred times, but you do something once and they'll monkey see, monkey do every single time. Um, 
And so when you're living in much closer quarters with your kids, that's, you know, becomes all the more important. So I've sort of been taking this opportunity to go through the stash, go through the cellar and, you know, just treat myself with, with one, uh, you know, like a something special. Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, look, I'm very conscious you don't want to be the fun police and we are in a, a very fun industry, but we're also in in an in industry that, you know, for some people has a has negative and particularly now um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are hurting. Um, there, there are a lot of people under increased stress, um, as, as we said at the start. So you know, it's just just be mindful of it. Um, don't want anyone to be a, uh, you know, a, a prude or anything like that, um, a wowser. Just be mindful and uh, and look out for your mates. So, um, speaking of mindful, and also by way of introducing our next guest, uh, James Davidson in the chat room. Just checked the beer cans in my fridge for Drinkwise logo. Uh, founded on cans from Stomping Ground, Bright Brewery, Dainton, and Blackman's Barrel Farm. Um, it- pretty much ones that you're not surprised that you'd be hearing it from uh, really is is it so you know it, it, it's good to see and I, I can't remember seeing it on too many but it would be great to see it on more yeah and as I say you know like Simon said it's it, now more than ever it's 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 important that we look it's a great opportunity um, as it is for lots of other things people are taking up crochet people are you know doing all those little jobs around the house or getting into gardening or um, my, my daughter, for some reason, has decided she wants to learn word for word and action for action um, uh, the Prime Minister's uh, speeches, which I, <laughs> it's just she set herself a, a thing to do. And she's very good. She's actually very good. So, okay. um, yeah. So to each their own. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity to learn these new skills and that sort of thing. It's a great opportunity to, I guess, focus on uh, – and look, not that we're gu- not guilty of it, but – it's so much easier to sort of trying to combat the neo-prohibitionists, whereas we really should be focusing more on the, let's do it, but let's do it pro- yeah, properly. And James Davidson, who knows far more about TikTok than a uh, Generation Xer should, um, says, Prof, that's a TikTok thing. I've got a digital watch, so. <laughs> um, um, anyway, mate, uh, let, uh, uh, just introduce our next, our, well. our next okay. guest. Uh, you got him lined up? Are we ready to go? We absolutely do. He's been sitting well, there for say, a well, minute then. and a half. From the stomping ground and the local tap house, and previously, recently, from Gabs, would you please welcome Guy Greenstone. G'day, Guy. G'day. How you going, Prof? G'day, Matt. How you doing? Good, thanks, Guy. Thank good, you mate. for holding good to on talk for to us. As I say, trying times at the moment, um, but we thought you'd be great in terms of giving us a bit of a perspective on uh, how you've had to adjust in the current environment with both, uh, I guess, you know, you're getting hit with double barrel. You've got the um, the brewery side of things, but then you've also got uh, hospitality side of things. But what also, a time to open the airport. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, being I guess I, I consider myself a, a part of the extended family. I know how um, important the, the the tap house and and stomping ground family is to you. They're not just staff. They're not just resources. They're not just you know numbers on a HR spreadsheet. Um, so I'm guessing that this is a a really difficult time for you guys, but. Share with us some of the, the strategies and, and how you're going about working out what those strategies are going to be. Yeah, no worries. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I just would say that there's just been a government announcement. That's probably been the best uh, news I've had in uh, in two or three weeks. We, we've been having crisis meeting after crisis meeting. And uh, today, um, the announcement just came out that almost all of our staff are going to be covered in one way, shape or form with uh, 1,500 of fortnight payments. Um, to, uh, to all full-time staff and any, any casuals that have been with us for 12 months or more, um, and all Kiwis as well. Um, there's a couple that fall outside of that, but um, it's, it's, uh, 
it's put a big smile on my doll. So while there's a lot of uh, doom and gloom about, this is uh, probably the best news I could have possibly got um, right now. I haven't dived into the detail yet, um, and I'm sure that there's a lot to sort of decipher, but uh, it's been, uh, it's, um, I've got a bit of a spring in my step, to be honest, right now. That's excellent. So, and, and we haven't had a chance to to get across it because it was going on just as we broke to uh, to, to start the podcast. So we'll absolutely have that on our COVID nineteen resources tomorrow with uh, as many details. But uh, what is the position with the, with the businesses? I guess with airports closed down, you're certainly closed down uh, the, the the new stomping ground brewery at the airport. Yeah. Look, um, basically, I directly through the tap house, through the beer hall, through the airport, or indirectly through on-premise sales, our kind of revenue has, has dropped by 80% sort of overnight. Um, we uh, So it's it's kind of like about, about 50% of what we did wholesale was um, uh, was uh, off-premise and 50% was on-premise and then the, the um, and that was 40% overall and then the other 60% was all um, direct hospitality. So it's been, um, it's been pretty trying times and we we kind of saw it coming. So we, on the, on the week, on the, I think on the Friday, the, the, sorry, uh, Friday the 13th, we kind of, we pulled the pin on the Marabit development. Um, we were about to pay deposits and, and sign the contract. We didn't pull the pin forever. We just postponed it um, because we figured it, we we're about to head into some pretty uncharted territory and we needed to preserve all the cash that we, that we possibly had for um for staff and for, for the rainy day and all that sort of stuff so um that was uh, i guess in some ways really good timing because um you know a day later and and the deposits would have gone out um but uh it's been pretty heavy so when we caught up we basically figured you know um we, we on on the tuesday we, we spoke to all our heads of department and told them that we see a forced closure coming um a lot of people everything's been happening so quickly that we've we've had to sort of you know, um, you just can't believe that that was only the 17th of March, which wasn't that long ago. Um, so on the 17th of March, we had that conversation. There was a lot of tears around, and we basically explained um, what what we were going to do from a staffing point of view. And then the following day, we had meetings with every single one of our team um, in, in, in various uh, smaller groups, like the brewing team and the sales team and the um, and the venue teams and the uh, you know and the finance team and the marketing team. You name it. We, um, we kind of told them how we were going. And our, the way we've tried to do it is we haven't actually stood anyone down. We've, we've, um, we've tried to retain as many people and people going on all sorts of, uh, you know, depending on their function, different sort of arrangements. Um, but we, we kind of told them that our most important um, objective was the survival of the business. And, and the idea was that if we could survive, um, well, first of all, their, their health and safety, but second of all, the survival of the business. And if we can survive, we hope to have a job for all 101 of our staff directly after when this is all over. And, and, um, and, and that, you know, their health and safety was the most important. And that's why we were going to be shut, shutting down. We told them pretty much the day that it shut down is when we predicted it was going to, it was going to shut down. Um, and the, the response has been phenomenal. Like the guys have just been amazing. We also put some provisions in place for anyone who was in um, real trouble, uh, especially some of our casuals, um, where we provide a meal a day at um, at the beer hall um, for anybody who's in real need. Um, because we figured, look, if they've got shelter and they've got food, they've got two of the most basic needs covered, and that's going to be one of the most important things. We don't 
obviously there's no no landlords are kicking anyone out um, in this environment, and uh, and the government since mandated that they can't, which is a really good thing. So um, and then some of our industrious team um, created these things called care packs, where they're producing um, a staple pack for a staff member um, through our supply channel. Um, it was it was Eddie and Liz and Kerry's idea to um, to create these care packs. So they've got minced and pasta and rice and, and oats that basically keep them going for a week um, with, of meals for 20 bucks, um, at, pretty much at cost, um, and and uh, and also keeps a little bit of fun flowing through to our suppliers who've also been hit pretty hard. So um, you know, while it's while it's really really hard, there's a lot of positivity. That's kind of coming through in terms of the way the team is kind of banding together. And when when we sort of delivered the news um, to our team, it was it was pretty hard. But the thing that struck us was um, how all the team leaders. The first thing that they were thinking of was, "Oh my God, what about this person? What about that person? How are they going to cope? Because they're in a difficult position." They weren't thinking of themselves. They were thinking about all of their you know their team members. And and um, I think it was quite amazing how everybody started thinking about everybody else rather than about themselves and uh and I, I guess out of these sorts of circumstances you really kind of get to see the best and the worst and and um and at stomping ground so far and at the tap house we've really seen the best of people so far it's been amazing but i don't want to make light of it but you talked about um timing earlier when it came time when you're talking about Morabin. um but you, you, you must be pleased that the sale for Gabs went through when it did, and you know, have, have you been in touch with those guys to see how uh, how they're going? We'll have to get Mike on to, to find out a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, look, we have. I've, obviously, I've been speaking to Craig and uh, Mike regularly. Um, you know, when I first called Mike, he said, oh, "I bet you're just sitting there with your feet up, having a beer, thinking <laughs> how great this timing was." I said, "Not at all, mate. I, I, like my heart was." You know, pouring out. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine how we would have dealt with it if it was, you know, the double blow. Mike, Mike's been amazing, um, and you know, we've been in constant sort of dialogue. He's, um, he's in a relatively, um, you know, it's, it's tough. It's very, very tough for him as well. But he's in a relatively fortunate position as well that he, they don't have, you know, a, a heap of debt or, um, or they don't have um, a huge sort of workforce or anything. Um, so it's, um, it's kind of. And, and hopefully they'll be able to postpone it and pick it up again. And, and, and a lot of the venues are kind of holding on to their, um, you know, commitments to, to host the, the event at a later date. So I think, I think that, I mean, I'm sure that they're going to be okay. But yes, if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I'd be in my head because it would be too much. <laughs> One day I'd deal with it right across both of them. But, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of all in this together and, and uh, Mike um, and, and I have been in touch regularly and, and same with Craig and, um, you know, and it's, t- it's, tough. it's tough for them as well, for sure. But I, I c- couldn't imagine what it would be like if we were dealing with both at the same time. You, you raised a good um, or an, an interesting point there um, when, when you sort of talked about, you know, low debt, um, which is, isn't the case, I, I would imagine, for even stomping ground. Breweries are very expensive things. They occupy you know, big places that have you know, expensive monthly leases. Um, and then the margin return um, is quite small by comparison. Um, you know, is that something that businesses are going to learn or is, is there a way that businesses can manage that better if you, if you know that these things can happen um, to, to the, the economy? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not, look, 
that's like that's a pretty deep philosophical question. I mean, I think that generally speaking, being over leveraged at any time is always, uh, um, you know, a bad thing. Uh, if you're over leveraged and you have you have too much debt, that's always puts you in a risky position. And when things are good and there's always good growth and all that sort of thing, you can kind of get away with it. Um, the problem is when things go a little bit south, like we've just seen. Um, that's where it can really bring you unstuck. Um, in, in this situation, it's so unprecedented. I think that there's going to be some, you know, there's there's almost because it's so ridiculous and it is government government mandated. You know, there's going to be a lot of forgiveness from um, the financial institutions in terms of deferring payments or forgiving certain payments or giving certain, um, you know, uh, relief packages. So it's probably it's probably not as and so. And ironically, it's probably not as acute as it would be if it was just a normal sort of downturn, when th- those who were probably over leveraged would come unstuck. In this sort of situation, I think it's probably um, it's probably less um, critical in, in some ways. I know that sounds weird, but because because of all these you know six months um, uh, deferments that are kind of have been mandated by the government and. And uh, and that sort of thing. I think I think it makes it a little bit easier in some ways. But yeah, I mean, in terms of our debt, we've we've definitely got debt. Um, we're probably on the um, you know we're probably on, a, on just on the comfortable side of, of where we should be. Um, but it doesn't make it any easier. We're still having to have conversations with all our equipment finance companies, with our bank, um, who have been incredibly supportive and said, um, you know, they, they're allowing us six months deferral. Um, they're allowing us to just extend terms um, rather than have to make up payments. And uh, and they're talking about if we need it, making some short-term cash available if we do need it as well. Just on that, one of the comments we had on Facebook when we talked about the banks deferring, um, you know, somebody commented and said, you know, but the interest is still going to be accruing, so you're going to be owing more. What What's your thinking about that? Um, well, it, I mean, it kind of depends. Like for, the, for equipment finance, for instance, the way most of our finances have treated it is they've said, okay, six months, we'll, we'll defer those and we'll just add those six months worth of payments at the other end of the term. Um, so while you're not paying for six months, it's like a payment holiday, you're not actually paying any more than you would have. You're just, you know, you're just adding it to the, to the end. Um, in terms of the bank, we're still sort of it's also new. Um, we're still sort of figuring out whether the interest that they're forgiving us or that they're not charging us gets capitalised and then um, and then we, we still pay it back. But, you know, in the big scheme of things, um, in such a low interest rate environment, um, it, we're not talking sheep stations compared with the cost of having to do it now um, when, you know, when every single dollar you want to avoid going out the door so that you can hold on to it and pay staff and, and creditors and that sort of thing. Um, a really low interest rate environment. I think the capitalization of, of interest payments and the, um, and the switching to interest only instead of interest and uh, principal um, is, is a pretty good result, even if it's not forgiven, um, considering, um, you know, considering uh, the alternative of, of having to pay it. Guy, before we let you go, uh, a couple of things. I'm guessing that uh, the kids are enjoying having Dad home uh, a little bit more than they normally would. <laughs> yeah, that, they are, and I'm loving it as well, actually. Um, That's, they're very cute. 
you've got to say the silver lining in it uh, you know, somewhere along the way. And listen, just a really quick one before we let you go, and I guess it's a, a little bit of a yes or no because it could be a really long involved answer. But coming out the other end, as we know we will, do you guys think that you will um, hit the ground running, go, go back to the way it was, or do you think you will look at, uh, has this taught you maybe some, you know, we can make some changes to, you know, prepare for something like this happening again? Um, you know, I'm going to give you a long answer, even though you want a yes or no. <laughs> mate, I, um, I always go the long answer, so it's please your, It's do. your coin, mate. Go for it. <laughs> so, sorry, bro. At one point in time, I was sitting with the brewing team, and I was, I was actually in tears because I was uh, saying, I, I really feel as though I've failed you all um, because I, I've basically um, – you know, I wish I had all this money in the bank where I could just continue to pay you at your full salaries. And um, everybody was, you know, and, and one of the guys popped up and he said, listen, you know that if you did have that extra money, you would have bought more tanks or you would have invested in another, another venue or you would have, you know, invested in another partnership for the brand or, or something along those lines. And it's very true. Like when, when you're growing pretty quickly off a, you know, off a relatively small base, um, and you're pouring every single last dollar into growth, I don't think we could have done anything differently, and I don't think we would have done anything differently. Um, uh, you know, I think, we, you know, we'd probably perhaps, you know, try to try to get a bit more equity in and less debt um, and, uh, and and sort of re, re, restructure our balance sheet a little bit in that way. But aside from that, I think we would have done everything exactly the same. No worries. Mate, thanks very much for joining us. Um, I sincerely wish you and all the, the extended family uh, all the best. Um, Godspeed, and we'll, we will get through it all, but um, can't wait for a beer at the other end of it. Thanks, Prof, and thanks, Matt. And I'm sorry that we, we talked a bit too businessy, but... Um, mate, that's what this podcast is, so absolutely. We'll get... We get people, our, uh, people two to talk three... about the stuff that we've got no idea about rather than, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll stick to what we do. And we've got the two or three part one that we did with you guys uh, a while ago now, but uh, we'll, we'll link to that. But uh, I'm just disappointed. I was due to be flying through, uh, passing through Melbourne Airport last uh, Saturday morning and I was looking forward to having a beer at the, uh, the, the new brewery in the Melbourne Airport, but that will have to wait for another day. Uh, cheers. Well, uh, you, you will, it will happen another day for, for sure. So... Thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, and uh, and I hope everybody else out there is doing all right as well. It's pretty, it's pretty tough out there, and we're all in this together. Don't forget. That's it, mate. Thanks very much, guy. Thanks, guy. Okay. Cheers, guys. Bye. Guy Greenstone, stomping around and the local tap house, and no surprise to anyone who knows those guys well that uh, that they were on the front foot, that they were like. <laughs> At the best of times, their ideas, people, their, you know, and Steve particularly is always coming up with something. So some of those little things like, you know, the care packs and the, um, you know, the, the meal a day for the staff and that sort of thing, that just, I mean, that's, there's no surprise. That's, um, and the fact that uh, Guy touched on, um, you know, the staff being concerned about other staff, that speaks so much to the business culture. Um, you know, it's not even a corporate culture. It's just, it's, it's just their family culture. Um, at, at the tap house and, it, and it's stomp, that's carried on over to stomping ground. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're just it, it, one of those businesses that you expect to, to be doing the right thing. So it was great to check in with them to sort of hear how they were managing it. That's it. Well, Matt, we better wrap it up for this episode of The Antidote. Um, I'm hoping that we get to do another four this week, but I'm also hoping we don't get to do or need to do too many more. I don't know about you. Oh. Well, that, that's the thing. We, 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 we really didn't think it through when we said, let's do a daily podcast, Prof. 
um, yeah, we'll see how we go. It, it, it's, it's a big part of what we're doing, and yeah, we don't have a sponsor. Well, yeah, now's not the time to go cap and hand to anyone going, hey, well, I've got this great idea. Would you like to sponsor us? But, uh, you know, fortunately, um, you know, the, the, the businesses, and, and that's one of the things I, that I will say, you know, so I'm in the process of writing to all of my, um, you know, uh, both the people that I owe money to and the people who, you know, make what we do possible and thanking them for their support. And, you know, a, a lot of the small breweries um, saying, look, you know, your, your subscription um, ain't no good to us. At the, well, sorry, it's, it's good to us at the moment, but it's more important to we you. We need it more than Brews um, News does. Yeah. yeah, so putting a pause on all of those sorts of things because that's a, uh, you know, it, 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 it's an important thing. But, you know, if people find what we do valuable particularly with this podcast you know ha- have a look at the businesses in our directory have a look at the businesses that are on our um advertisers because they make it possible and uh, you know they're giving us or they've given us the resources to uh to to keep going through all of this yeah i do um wake up every day and think you know when we're okay now you know what are we doing this afternoon for, for today's antidote and I'm um, gladdened by the fact that we, you know, have had the um, the resources in the past and the support of the industry that we've been able to have ourselves set up to flick the switch and go, hey, this is something we can do. Uh, and as I say, we hope these conversations will be um, an antidote um, to the uncertain, uh, the uncertainty and the the isolation that the current conditions can bring. Um, and our chats with, you know, the brewers, the bar owners, the suppliers, you know, third parties, all those, you know, the people that we've been speaking to. Um, it's great for them to be able to share some tips on you know, how they're adapting their businesses to meet the challenges that you know we're all facing. Exactly, and, uh, we and can to that, Matt, I'll tease just a little bit. Say before we nick off, um, producer at brewsnews.com.au, if you would like to, if you if you can suggest somebody that um, might have some great insights that they might like to share, uh, let us know. We have there's a few areas we haven't covered yet, um, and we've got a few. Um, do you want to tease out uh, who we've got lined up for the the next couple of days, Matt? Yeah, next couple of days uh, we, we haven't. F- because we want to leave a little bit of room um, for any emerging situations, but yeah, tomorrow afternoon we're going to be catching up with an old friend of the of, of the podcast and and the site, James Atkinson, who obviously uh, our regular readers will know very well um, as a former editor of Bruce News, who went off to um, I won't say better things, but. But make his way in the world. Broaden, broaden and, and broaden his, his covering uh, the entire drinks with... industry. Yeah. So we thought, yeah. well, you know, we don't live in a bubble um, that's just a beer bubble. Um, so I just wanted to check in with him to sort of see how a lot of the craft distillers are going, and you know, he's also got his finger on the pulse of um, Sydney. So we'll be touching base with him, Dave Padden, um, who I see in the chat room, who told me that he was going to be doing some strategy. Sorry, uh, some some workshops um, and wasn't available, but he's... Uh, this is part of his workshopping. Apparently, yeah, he's been sitting there enjoying a beer uh, and, and listening to us do all of the work. Um, so <laughs> we'll be getting, speaking no, to Dave Patton on, on, on Wednesday. And uh, Thursday, we'll be speaking to um, <clears throat> the beer healer, Chris uh, Lukienko, and also Dave McGill from Mubru, who they're sort of working with a lot of the Tasmanian breweries to do a virtual tasting this weekend. So I thought I'd uh, just check in with them and find out. And they're both, um, you know, very well versed in everything that's going on in Tassie. So wanted to, A, give them a bit of a plug for their virtual tasting, but then also just see how a lot of those Tassie breweries are doing it. So a bit of a, a state wrap there. So they're the one of the guests that will be on each of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, there'll be much, much, much more. That's it. We will be recording these episodes live every weekday at 5pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. You can listen in um, on the Mixlr player or, you know, wherever you get your 
your gear. Um, you can listen and participate in the chat room, as uh, about 20 people have done today again on MixLR. Um, and then, of course, these Antidotes episodes will be available for download through the Radio Brews News podcast stream or your favourite podcasting service. Uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure yet again. Thank you. Well, Pete. not a pleasure, but I, I'm, I'm, I am glad that we're um, that we're able to share this. Uh, and as I say, get that engagement, that sense of community, and to let everyone know that yeah, as as Tish as it all is, just at the minute, we're all in it together, and um, and we will all come out the other side. I won't say it was a pleasure, but particularly hearing from a guy, you know, it was very uplifting. You know, just the positivity and the energy that those guys have. You know, that's uh, you know the antidote to my day. Yeah, exactly. That's why we do it. But hit the strum. I very nearly hit the uh, end record button again, Pete. <laughs> I'm getting better at getting... If, if we do this every day, I'll be good at it by the end of it. One day. <laughs> Thanks very much to the chat room. 